0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you
1: did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
0: Fox News Podcast presents the Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor, Brett Bear. Good afternoon and thank you for tuning in to this exclusive edition of the Brett Baer podcast. Joining us today, Nick Clegg, former British Deputy Prime Minister, current president for global affairs for Facebook parent company Meta. Thanks for being here. Good evening. It's good to be with you. So you are ending the suspension of former President Trump on Facebook and Instagram. Why are you doing that now? And explain what's behind it.
1: So he was suspended for Two years from using Facebook and Instagram, and that two-year clock expires now, this month. And so we're confirming that if he wants to, he he can, in the coming weeks, he can use Facebook uh, and Instagram again. Um... I mean, of course, there are guardrails, there are rules. He's got to play by the the rules, and we're announcing some additional ones today to encourage him to, to you know, to stick to the rules that 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 exist when when people use Facebook and Instagram. So it can't be they can't be misused. Um, but look, at the you know, at the end of the day, we believe the American people should hear uh, from, including on on our apps and services, from those who want to who want to lead them. And he's a former president of the of this country uh, vying to be a candidate for the next presidential elections and we don't really want to all other things be equal um you know stand in the way so we're trying to strike the right balance between allowing that open debate to to occur whilst at the same time making sure that Instagram and Facebook is not used to you know create real world harm and that's that's reflected in what we're what we're confirming and announcing today
0: yeah so just to tell people, you know, and Trump supporters were, um, I guess they were surprised at the extent of the suspension. They looked back at January 6th and the posts and what he said, and uh, they always took away, these are the supporters, uh, the peace message that he was giving. What? How did you get to the suspension that you got to? Well, look, we,
1: and we're not alone in this, you know, consider the events on January 6th to being very serious. The violence in the Capitol to be um, exceptionally serious, and the praise that um, um, former President Trump expressed for those who were o- on the capital uh, and involved in that in that in that violence was something that we did not think was was right, which we, we didn't want to see on our our services, and it led to that two-year uh, suspension. But that mm-hmm. suspension has now come to an end. So the question really now is, what do we do? You know, going forward, and we think that the uh, you know the kind of issues or the threats to public safety have significantly receded compared to you know those days. I mean, remember, you know, back then uh, Washington D.C. was under curfew, government offices across the country were closed or under heavy security. The national guard was being called out in one state after the next. That, thankfully, is no longer the case. The midterm elections, uh, which are the last big electoral test. Um, that we can kind of look at to measure how you know things are uh, working out um, went off thankfully peacefully and there wasn't widespread violence and so and disruption so we think it's right to let the two year suspension now expire if i mean it's up to him and his team if he wants to use facebook and instagram he's now free to do so mm-hmm. but we're very clear, you know, we wanted to play by the rules which apply to everybody who use, uses Facebook and
0: Instagram. Yeah, I, I and mean, listen, we've learned a lot about what, what the f- former president, then president did on January 6th and did not do. Um, I don't want to go too down down this road, but on Facebook, he posted on that day, I'm asking everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order, respect the law, and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. He posted we have to have peace, go home. Uh, I guess I look at, you look at other people who may maybe still didn't get suspended on, on Facebook or Instagram who have done or said other things, uh, and I'm just trying to get a sense of where the community standards are for political speech and uh, and what you took from that day on that decision
1: yeah i mean like you i don't think it, it helps to go through each and every single post that 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 appeared that day um uh, there are other posts where which which had a, a much more uh, at best ambivalent uh, message of support for for those who uh, d- did you know indulge in 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 exceptional violence at the center of american democracy on that on that day but but where we draw the line is it, as a general principle we're a private company we're a private tech company we're not a political entity we don't we don't try and make decisions which sort of you know, help or hinder one side or the other. We believe in free and open debate, particularly in the world's most powerful democracy, the United United States. And we believe that the American people should be able to hear from their leaders or those who want to be uh, their, their leaders. We just kind of don't want, I think, not unreasonably enough, for people to abuse the use mm. of Facebook and Instagram in a way that would lead to real-world harm. Now, I, I accept this is difficult because. Right now in the United States, there's roughly half the country that think that companies like Meta should censor more content and roughly the other half who think that we take down too much content. I totally accept that there is no decision... Um, uh, that, that we can make that is going to keep everybody happy we 're trying to strike the right balance between free expression, free and open political debate whilst at the same time making sure that for all the users who use uh, facebook and instagram it's it 's an enjoyable experience it 's one where politics doesn 't completely overwhelm their time on on social media and that and that, and that, and that our apps are not used to create or, or incite real world harm
0: when it comes to elections uh, obviously. There are all kinds of questions about um, the use of Facebook. And you know, we saw it in 2016, 2020, and there are all kinds of questions on Capitol Hill about that. But as far as stories, the Hunter li- Biden laptop story, uh, the story of the COVID origins, did Facebook manipulate those or censor those as they were coming out? So on the Hunter
1: Biden story, what I mean, other platforms, I think it was Twitter, sort of just deleted the story altogether, we didn't, you could still find the story, millions of people did, but for seven days the prominence of the story was was less uh, for those 7 days it's just part of the way our systems work to allow our fact checkers we have a, a network of independent fact checkers um to, to 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 look at to look at the story if they wanted to they didn't and after 7 days that what's called in the jargon that temporary demotion was taken off so we we didn't remove it people could find it many people saw it on facebook uh, we we have this system uh, which works on a whole you know bunch of content um uh, that that uh, temporarily uh, meant that it was not circulating as widely as it otherwise would for those seven day, seven day period and then it was was widely seen in the normal way um, after that seven day period that 's what we did um, that 's in keeping with what we 've always done um, it, particularly with our you know fact checking system i again i accept that that people should scrutinize that and ask questions of that. But we were not trying to kind of randomly uh, censor content for any kind of political purpose. We were simply following the rules by which our
0: systems currently operate. We've seen Twitter uh, in these Twitter file stories with extensive uh, coordination with the federal government uh, over political speech. How extensive uh, was Facebook or Meta's uh, coordination, and, and should the federal government have influence over speech on your platforms?
1: So, look. I, if I understand it correctly, the Congress is going to is going to look into this, look into you know the way that the executive branch does or doesn't try to kind of you know shape uh, how how companies operate. And I, you know that's that seems to me completely right. That's the way the balance of power should work, the, and, and I don't really want to comment on that. But on behalf of Meta, we, you know, we don't, we don't operate at the behest of what um, governments just sort of tell us from one moment to the next. Part of my job is to interact with governments day in day out around the world. And I can tell you, most of the time, they're immensely frustrated that we don't do what they tell us. Of course, you know, they're free to reach out to us, uh, we need to work with with governments, and we are a law-abiding company around the world. Um, but at the end of the day, we try and be crystal clear about where we draw the line, about what we think it is and is not acceptable on Facebook and Instagram. We don't do that because we're instructed to do so um, by you know by governments. We do that as as, as much as we can in line with our own values, a belief in free expression, in self-expression, but also in making sure that people have a safe and enjoyable experience when using Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, you know, I think there are numerous incidents where far from any kind of suggestion that we are trying to kind of collude or act at the behest of, of government instructions, um, there's just often quite a lot of frustration from governments, including in D.C., that we don't do uh, what they want. I kind of think that's, that's the kind of natural push and pull of these things. As for what governments intend to do and how the Congress wants to scrutinise that... That seems to me that's that's way beyond, hmm. you know, my, my remit and, and, and our role in Meta. And, and that's for Congress and for the executive branch to, you know, to sort out amongst
0: themselves. Well, Congress is clearly going down that road. I don't know what it's going to look like, uh, but there is a concern up on Capitol Hill about damage uh, social media does to young kids. I'm wondering your, just, your thoughts about that. You have uh, kids. Do you limit social media use on, of your own kids?
1: I mean, look, every parent is is different. I I just make sure, like all parents, and you try and do this with monosyllabic, grumpy teenagers in particular, you try and keep up, you know, you try and keep the channels of communication open so they talk to you about what they're looking at. I think it's you know we have on Facebook and Instagram now much much better parental controls so particularly for for teens parents obviously with the consent of the teens can really see exactly who they're communicating with what kind of content they're 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 looking at and also we have new systems where the technology is improving all the time so if I don't know if a A teenage girl, for instance, is looking at the same kind of content on Instagram all the time. We basically nudge them and say, hey, maybe it's time to now look at something else or maybe it's just time to take a break um, altogether. We're giving more and more data to uh, researchers to look at the effect of social media on adolescents in particular. So, look... All of us want the same thing. All of us want the same thing, is that when, when youngsters use social media, they use it for the good, and there's a lot of good on social media for, for youngsters. They can communicate with their friends, they can develop their own identity, they can find out new things, whilst, of course, shielding them from the, from the harms. And we totally accept that this is a wholly legitimate area of scrutiny and questioning from Congress. We understand we have heavy responsibilities in this area, but we are constantly improving and investing in our systems to deliver exactly what I think most people want, which is an enjoyable and safe experience for, uh, for teens on, on, on social media.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. Things are happening quickly. Artificial intelligence is moving forward. Uh, is AI dangerous? Do you think that should be regulated? There's a lot of questions about where the future goes on this front.
1: Well, look, I think AI is one of the most transformational technologies that, 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 that that's out there at the moment. And certainly, if, if you look at a business like Meta, AI touches every aspect of what we do. In fact, some of the things we've just talked about, how, you know, it is AI systems that, that, that are increasingly sophisticated at identifying content which might be damaging to youngsters. Without AI, we wouldn't be able to keep teens safe or, uh, when using our, our apps. But at the end of the day, you know, AI systems are just very powerful powerful sort of pattern rec- recognition systems, but they will be used increasingly across the, the industry. Questions will be asked by regulators and legislators uh, around the world. We, of course, will, will always fall in line with legislation that is adopted by democratically elected um, legislatures around, around the world. But, you know, I hope at the same time, people also recognise that the, the United States is a world leader in this. And, you know, there are other countries like China where they have very different uh, principles and values about uh, data uh, privacy and data protection and how AI systems are used. And, and, and the, you know, the world beating excellence of, of U.S. industries using AI is, is, is a real crown jewel, if I could put it like that, for, for, for the U.S., which I, I hope will be safeguarded into the future as well.
0: I want to ask you about the business uh, and layoffs recently in the tech world. You've had some uh, recent layoffs Microsoft 10,000, Amazon 18,000, you all 11,000, Twitter 3,700. Um, obviously, during COVID, it changed. A lot of people were 100% using social media and, and numbers were going through the roof. Uh, you see a slowdown? Is this the end of the layoffs? What do you think going forward?
1: Well, I see. Look, I see two things. Firstly, um, you're right. The whole industry, or most of the industry at least, appeared to, with hindsight, with the, benefit, with the wisdom of hindsight, kind of over hire during the pandemic. I think a lot of people assumed, wrongly as it turns out, that the massive shift to, you know, online behaviour and and life in the pandemic would somehow kind of carry on after the pandemic. But of course. People have gone back, thankfully, much more to their kind of normal lives. I mean, some some things have changed for good, but it it wasn't the permanent step change that many people anticipated. So we've had to course correct for that. But speaking, you know, for meta in particular, not I'm not really able I'm not in a position to judge about the industry as a whole. For us this is an ongoing process. I mean, we are we are really you know leaning into driving greater efficiency through the way in which we do things uh, you know doing the right thing but 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 with leaner um, resources, making sure that teams are really focused on priorities, and that 's an ongoing uh, you know it 's an ongoing process um, so uh, for, for us it wasn 't just something which we announced one day and alas had to let go of a of a number of uh, colleagues and 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 fellow employees it 's actually part of a process where we really are uh, seeking to remould the company really to be leaner and more efficient and more focused. Uh, on, on the real priorities that the business faces.
0: You know, Forbes was really tough on you last year, saying that this is a quixotic quest uh, going down the virtual reality stuff. Um, Meta finished down today in the markets, um, and you've had operating losses 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022 for $30 billion plus. Um, what is the vision? You know, uh, what, what do you, are you trying to yep. believe that everybody is going to be in this virtual reality kind of world uh, going forward? I
1: think the vision is 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 this. Uh, at the moment, we all, you do it, I do it, everybody who's watching this program does it, you just spend your whole life walking around with a, a mobile phone in the palm of your hand. I mean, it's, we just live via our phones. The, the vision is that that is not the end of technological development, That that eventually we will move to wearing something on the bridge of our nose, just like billions of people wear spectacles and that there is new technology technology optical technology which means we will communicate with each other rather than staring at a at a screen on a phone we'll be able to see each other as an avatar as a hologram through um, through the lenses we have, uh, 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 you know, on, 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 our, on our faces, and um, that that will provide a sense of presence, sort of immersive presence, that even if you are geographically very far apart, you feel as if you're kind of breathing the air in the same room with someone someone else. Now, look... Let me that interrupt, Nick. Let me interrupt. Just, was, I want to you...
0: p- play this video because my family went to the Meta offices and, and right. you gave us a, a little tour of the MetaQuest Pro, the new virtual reality um, uh, goggles, and we went and, you know really experienced some interesting stuff, and it was great. My kids loved the games. Uh, I played golf. They flew around as Iron Man. My wife was boxing. Uh, Very cool stuff. But for me, are you thinking that my age is going to do this in virtual reality conference rooms? Or are you looking at my kids saying, those are the people that we are going to get in the long term? Is that the business model?
1: Look, uh, firstly, this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and uh, you know it it takes a while before people get used to new technology new ways of communicating with e- with each other these things don't happen overnight these are major major investments i mean the 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 holy grail if you like is augmented reality, where you can really kind of feel that you're in the envi- physical environment that you find yourself in, but you can augment that with, 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 with a sort of whole digital world that you can overlay on it, a sort of mixed reality, if you like, uh, plus plus. Uh, that, is, that will rely on technologies which haven't yet been fully developed. They're still you know, reliant on technologies which have been developed um, in the lab by, by, by research scientists. So we've got a long way to go. Uh, But in terms of the long-term direction, um, we believe that generally people use technology, where it is available to them, to communicate with other human beings, even at a great distance, in a way where they feel they really are in each other's presence, where there's a sort of sense of presence and immediacy and intimacy, even though you're geographically far apart. That's what people did when they first could use a telephone, when they could first send an email, when they could first use social media. In that sense, it's just part of the evolution of communication technology. It's the natural next... Uh, step in in all of that but it's going to take a while and you're right that you know youngsters are, you know jump into this into this world much more quickly i guess than uh, other folk do gaming is always a kind of leading use case fitness apps you said your your, your wife enjoyed that is also a, a growing thing but over time that will change i use for instance something that we have it's called workrooms I, I sit in a virtual uh, conference room with my team every Monday morning, and we meet, even though my team is distributed around the world, um, for an hour every every Monday, and we feel as if we're sitting next to each other. It's a great, it's a great experience, and I think that's the kind of thing that is going to grow and develop over time.
0: Last thing, um, you're now in this world. You were in the government world before. Uh, do you think that big tech, Meta, Twitter, others? are the black hat for governments that they're they're going to come after you because of concerns they have about privacy and kids and other things do you fear that that's that's coming in really in earnest
1: um look i just think it's just it's it's one of these things that you see these big mood swings if you you know a few years ago Tech and social media, it was all brilliant, it was great. The time of the Arab Spring, that was because of social media. Social media could do no wrong. All the leaders in Silicon Valley, you know, walked on water. Uh, a big swing against it now. Uh, and I think both those swings, by the way, are often exaggerated. And, you know, social media is not, the, is not the reason for everything that's good in the world, and it's not the reason for everything bad in the world either. And I think what you're seeing as that kind of mood swing is happening from tech you know, optimism and utopianism to tech pessimism is that a lot of governments around the world, you look in Europe, you look in India, you look in Australia, you look in the UK, look at all the congressional debates in, 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 in DC, are thinking about how what role they should play in putting down some rules of the roads, some putting down some new guardrails by which companies like Meta should operate. And look, I think that's kind of inevitable that, that the technology erupts first and then some years later everyone looks at the pros and cons of the technology and government wants to get in on the act as well. My, My hunch is that some of that regulation will make a lot of sense and is necessary. Um, but some of it probably will be misplaced and won't stand the test of time. That's the nature of regulation. I really hope these great American companies won't be overregulated in the process, because if I look at the great competition that we face from you know, Chinese tech companies, uh, the, 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 the might of, of these well beating American companies is something which I you know, believe that the US should be very proud of.
0: Nick Clegg, we really appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. Listen ad-free with the Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. We'll see you next time. On the Fox News Podcasts Network I'm Ben Dominich Fox News contributor and editor of the transom.com daily newsletter and I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week it's the Ben Dominich podcast Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.